Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. I hope I get to see you tomorrow. I hope my mother gets to feel butterflies in her stomach from my accomplishments. I hope my brother gets to see his daughter become who she was destined to be. I'm not sure about marriage and kids, but I do hope to have a family someday. I hope I get the chance to write all of my wrongs and after sadness become happy off my favorite songs. I hope that when I'm pulled over, I will be handled with proper protocol. Asked do I know why I was pulled over, and when I say no, he will smile and politely inform me of what I had done with a smile on his face and his hand straight down by his side. I hope he'll ask for license and registration. Please check to make sure that my name is clean and all permits are up to date and let me off with the warning. And if by chance I have something outdated or I don't get that warning, write me a ticket that I cannot afford. I'd rather eat beans and rice for two weeks than to watch my mother cry for two fortnights. I'd rather sleep in my own bed than to spend one night in jail. I'd rather you call for backup when none is needed just to intimidate me as long as I still have breath in my body. I wish that I didn't have to write this type of poem, but the reality is hope is all that we have now. The hope that things will get better. The hope that deer season comes soon because cops are running out of Negroes to kill. But for now, let's just hope for better days. Let's get to the show. God ain't put us on the earth to get murdered. You seen the pictures, feel the pain. Scanners, how they murder son. Tired of them killing us. I'm on my way to Ferguson. Talk to Tip, I talk to Diddy. Then my brother's walking with me. Mother's crying, stop the rise. We ain't got to chalk the city. I seen Cole out there. Felt I should go out there. They left that boy four hours in the cold out there. They killing teens. They killing dreams. Yo, come on. We gotta stick together. We all we got. We when police got. taking shots and I ain't talking about Syrah. Um, we're gonna kick it off by kind of going over this whole Sandra Bland um, incident. I didn't really want to speak on it like last week while everybody, you know, the autopsy and everything was going on with the ME and trying to figure out what really happened. And one of the things, you know, before I even saw the footage when the police pulled her over, um, my first thought was. She, they said she committed suicide. They found a video of her committing suicide, and I know one they thing. Found a video of her. I mean, not 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 her oh. like committing suicide. Uh, 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 uh. Saying, okay, yeah, okay thank okay. you for correcting okay. me. Okay, but like you know, saying that she was depressed and oh, yeah. and tried to tie that into saying that she committed suicide. Right. So for me, my thoughts were first off as a black man, I was like, you know what, in the black community, I know we don't like to address some of the issues that some of us mm-hmm. do have, and that depression does happen to us mm-hmm. all, you know. But at the same time, you know, like I said, it you you have to be you got to be careful what you say and how you speak on something without everything out. And it's yeah. hard. You know, of course, everybody wants to jump on the police and say all these things because so much has happened in the media and right. so much has happened between blacks and the police departments in every city and state across mm-hmm. America over the last couple of years, you know, right. especially since Obama has been um, in office. Yeah. Exactly. So now that you see things and, and you know, people are, you know, the Emmy said that and the coroner said that the ligature marks on her neck is basically – um, they go hand in hand with a suicide. It wasn't any struggle. They said it wasn't any bite marks on her tongue or anything like that or on her lips showing a sign of struggle, which 
I mean, so I, if somebody was choking her, she would have bit her tongue. Her, and that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, well, I mean, you could do that too if you're strength. If you, you know, if you hang yourself, because, right? I mean, you don't die immediately. Exactly. So it's a struggle regardless right. whether way. somebody choke you, right? Because um, you see this. I saw. Did you see that picture? Where somebody said, like she was, like she was in the no, she was like sitting in the chair. It was like an illustration. It wasn't her, but she was sitting in, like the person was sitting in the chair, and they uh, had their hands tied behind their back with a bag over their head. So it was almost kind of like, is this what happened? So that's why they're trying to say that the that she choked herself with a trash bag. Which number one, why is there a trash bag in a jail? jail What are you gonna throw away? Well, my whole thing too, it just didn't add up, man. Like I said, not trying to point fingers, but just looking at all the facts or you know the evidence that they presented us with. Well, first of all, they said her arm was possibly broken or fractured. That's what she mm. was complaining about after being handled by oh, the police right. officer. So also, I was kind of like, well, you're going to kill yourself with one arm, first off. Yeah. Two, and like she, you, she hung herself. They said, well, they're saying that yeah. she hung herself from the shower, right? I didn't. I don't know where she hung. I, I think they're saying from like the shower rod the or shower, shower rod. whatever. But some like another that thing broke. that I that I've read was like she was like six feet, and the, the shower thing was like five. So how are you going to hang yourself? If you taller, then well, you would basically have to drop your weight, which I mean, not like to be bring fun- your knees up or something. Well, no, just dr- like tie your tie it around your neck and then just drop your body like dead weight. I mean, because oh. at that point you could do that, but I mean, at the same time, how sturdy was the whole? You know, the spout right. that comes out. I mean, wouldn't that would have you know draped out? Who knows? Yeah. And that's the that's the tricky part. But my whole thing about it is, outside of even suicide or the killing or murder or whatever the situation was, I. Why do they always give the police officers the the lightest, you know, like reprimand? Right, a little spank on the hand. Yeah, like okay, he's still working, he's still getting paid, he's on administ- he's doing administrative work for everybody who doesn't know that is paperwork. Right, you know, he's pushing papers. So, I mean, from the time that he approached her, to me, it seemed like he was instigating a situation. He was. And when I watched the the the, um, the video on TV one. He basically was driving the opposite way of her, going north. She was coming back south, stopped at the stop sign, turned out mm-hmm. of whatever parking lot that was. No, There was no traffic on the road. She, He literally got to the U-turn. He turned around. Mm-hmm. She was probably like a block away. You know, I'm just going off the dash cam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's about a block away. He proceeds to speed up. She hasn't broken any laws at this point. She, he speeds up. She gets over as she sees him coming. As a citizen that drives every day. Right. You do that every if day. If I see a police officer speeding or a ambulance speeding, whether fire lights truck. on or lights off, fire truck, I'm going to get over. Right. I don't think about turning my light on. And most people, white, black, or Hispanic, don't think about turning the light right. on to get over. You just know to get over. because right. it's emergency you, vehicle. It's, exactly. So he pulls her over. He's asking her questions, you know, asking her to put out a cigarette, which she doesn't have to do. And as she gets an attitude, of course, you're going to have an attitude. Like I said, a lot of people, it's easier for people to say, especially people that are not of black descent, to say she shouldn't have an attitude. It's hard not to have an attitude these days because even when I'm driving in my car, when I see a police, my mindset is already like, forget the police. Right. I don't care about the police. But I don't even think, like you said, not even black people. White people get smart, too. They yeah. just don't have the, they don't, they have the luxury of not thinking that, that anything's anything will happen to Right. Because everybody, everybody, when they get pulled over by the police, you know how you know, are, are thinking like shit. Unless you know you did something, right? Unless you, then it's like, well, let me okay, do, let me, let me take it. care of this, right? But if you, but know, yeah, and that what I think hit me so hard is every single time I get pulled over by the police, I have an attitude. I don't yeah. care if I did if I was speeding or not. Yeah. I don't care. Well, it's, it's created. I mean, every with everything time. that's happening with all the incidents has happened. It's kind of created that. I mean, like I say, I, but even before that, what I'm saying is, even before that, I always get an attitude. So that yeah. could have easily been me, exactly, because I get an attitude, attitude all the time. All the time so it's just like, yeah. when did having an attitude means you me, 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 I'm breaking the law? Exactly. Right. I'm not breaking the law. I yeah. can speak however I want to yeah. speak. Yeah. 
And, and give me this ticket so I can go. I'm, if, I, if I'm speeding, on. right, Go ahead move and hit on. me with it and keep it going. But like you said, he kept asking, are you all right? You seem frustrated. I am frustrated. Right. Of course you're frustrated. And then when you go to explain why I'm frustrated, it's like, are you done? Should you ask me? Yeah. Exactly. You asked me what was wrong with me, and now you, you're asking me, am I done? Yeah. And like you said, when did speaking your mind to an officer, especially when you know your rights right and you're you know you're you're exercising your right to to freedom you know to speak and right. ask why am i being stopped <clears throat> have you seen the video that they have i don't know if it's a white girl or a Hispanic girl but it sounds like it could be either or and basically the police she's parked like on a bridge yes. and she's ba- now she's instigating mm-hmm. and he i mean honestly this white police officer was being nice about the whole situation mm-hmm. just asking her did she need anything but it's like it's almost like she was setting herself up i almost felt like because I don't know how old that video is, yeah. but it was almost like she was doing it to prove a point. Exactly. You know, it's almost like, I, now I can be just as rude, say whatever I want to say, nothing and nothing happens. happens and, and he just walked off. And he did. After And when he was walking off, she still had something yeah, to say. Yeah, she was still like, go ahead, go ahead and back to your car. Right. He was just like, okay, And whatever. it don't matter how old the video is, even if it's, I mean, it's current because, you know, video phones and video cameras is not oh, that yeah. recent. Right. I mean, it's not that old, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So regardless like you said for her to be able to antagonize him and say all those things to him when he really generally was trying to help Mm -hmm. even looked in the car and said you can't park here because that sign says don't park here she even was like oh another officer already approached me so basically you've already said that you've disobeyed one previous officer and you still talk shit to this dude and nothing still happens happens. if that was black i can't say because i don't know that officer but from history and for what we continue to see we right. would have been in jail or at least out of our car, possibly assaulted, yeah. and now maybe even dead. Right. This whole incident yeah. is it's, it's crazy. And I put out a video earlier this week, and I was like, it's great to see how black people rally around each other uh, with the Sandra Bland thing, mm-hmm. with the Trayvon Martin thing, um, and some of the uh, Eric Garner and everybody else. It's like it's great to see us come together. I just want us to come together when this shit ain't right. Happening. I say it's almost like you know whenever your family comes together when or somebody dies, like, and it's like we, why we can't like why we can't do this every day. Meet up every once a month. Why we always got to get together when somebody when dies, somebody dies and try to prove that Black Lives Matter. Yeah, right. I mean, and and not to be funny, that's why a lot of times other races, even our own race, don't take us serious. serious because you're doing it when somebody dies. It's like and and not to be funny, unfortunately, you have a lot of people who really want to be in the limelight and they're using this, this yeah. as a promotion. For yeah, themselves. like did you see that? What was one post? This guy, some guy posted uh, posted on Facebook, and a couple of people that I follow reposted it, saying that um, we got a caller. Hold on, give us one second. Uh-huh. Cello, you are on the air with the reality is. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Hi. What y'all over there talking about? This is Bill Bixby. Oh yeah, this is Christian <laughs> Evans. Is who it is. You have Bill a poor Bill Bixby. You have a poor accent. <laughs> poor, terrible accent. Very, very terrible. What's good with you, man? Hello. Is this that is this that digger with the dress? <laughs> I ain't that well known, so I definitely know this is Christian. <laughs> What's good with you, man? You be I'm over to... here chilling, man. What's up? What's no, over there talking about? Talk about the Sandra Bland thing today, man. What what's your input on that, man, with with everything that they've had, you know, put out in the media so far? Oh man. Um man. It's just fishy, bro. Um, it's just very fishy. Obviously, I think purposefully, uh, you know, we don't have all the facts. Of course. Um, and, I, you know, I, we, it's like, who knows? It's like, who shot? You know, it's like one of those games, like, you know, like who clue. shot whoever, right? And they're trying to find the detective. And, right, like You clue. know, the Hardy Boys are on it. But 
Right. Whatever was. happened in the jail, God, God bless the detectives that can figure that out. But yeah. the arrest itself is where I find, I guess, the most issue. Yeah, is like, like you know, police have a quote unquote tough job. You know, like yeah. a lot of times, like there was a cop the other day. He went up to a car that got pulled over and got shot. Like, yeah, right. He didn't have any time to react. So I get it. Yeah, but. I think a lot of times, like, police just have this sense of entitlement to power. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's a lot of laws out there, and but there, the, a lot of those laws do not require you to, like, do everything a cop says. A law requires you to do everything a cop lawfully tells yeah. you to do. You know, it's like, yeah. you, can, you can't just tell me to put out uh, a, cigarette. A, a cigarette. Like, you're not my mom, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think a lot of times police, they have this sense of entitlement to power. And as you see, and maybe even experience when you don't necessarily cooperate with them the way they want you to, exactly, they get pissed about it. Yeah. Right. And they have these, like, they have these very emotional outbursts and it's like, I don't get it, bro. Yeah. I don't tweeted, understand it. Yeah. And somebody had just tweeted, um, on Twitter, they said that he was fired from his last job due to an action like this. So, you know, why was he rehired? Oh, because, you know, you know, not to be funny in the justice system, is if you get fired from a job, you know, especially with the police department, if it's something in your file that states that they normally try not, like basically he should have already been on administrative like mm -hmm. uh, duties, doing paperwork and not out in the field because this is in his file for doing this before. Uh, before you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> right. I, I don't know. It's man. ridiculous. And, and you know, a lot of times, like we always talk about on this show, we try to figure out, like, what are some solutions to to stop this from happening? And I was looking online, and, and you know, a lot of people say, well, we have to teach our children respect, you know, and, author right. and, and respect to author you know, authoritarians, which I do agree. Yeah. I do agree because I know a lot of times, you know, even just walking around or driving out, and, and, and before I go into this spill, I'm not okaying right. the behavior of police and the police departments and what happened with Sandra Bland, Mike Brown, and anybody else. But also, you have to look at both sides, and there's a lot of kids just ride. If you just ride through your neighborhood, if you're in a black neighborhood, you got black kids that's dribbling basketballs in the street, and that's okay. I used to do it. But right. when a car comes, you got to get your ass out the street. But a lot of times right. you see them, they'll dribble the ball, and they'll just – you have to get right up on them. And kind of, it's like a stare down, if you will. Yeah. And it's like, get your ass out the street. I right, A couple yeah. times I rolled my window down, and I'm like, man – can you get out of the street, bro? Yeah. Or if they don't want to move, get your ass out of the street. Right. Because if you look like you're about to do something, <laughs> they ain't about to do nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, get out of the street. Quit trying to act so big and bad. But and it's hard to, to, to even teach that lesson when you have your kids going to school with other kids. And so my kid is respecting authority, but then this other little kid is doing the yeah. same thing and yeah. getting in trouble. So it's just like, so what makes them better than me that yeah. they can get away with what, I, I what I'm doing? So now I have to teach my son to respect authority or you could die. Yeah. You know, so it's you know it's almost like yeah. that extreme. It's a catch 22. And it is but I think that's one of the things you do have to educate your children um about respect not just inside the household but like you said to to other authorities outside whether it's teachers so on and so forth. I mean, we've seen so many videos where you know the video where the the teacher took the kid's phone and oh, the kid the literally beat his fighting, ass. Yeah. In the in in the classroom, right? Like this is happening because it starts at home. It does. It does start at home. And and not to be funny, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they told me a story, and they said, "Hey, I walked into a shopping mall, like a little plaza over in in Garland, and they said it was like ten black dudes. He's a black guy. Mm -hmm. He was like, it's like ten black dudes outside. I got ready to walk in the store. They weren't doing anything. They weren't causing a ruckus. But he was like, 
I was wondering if they were going to say anything to me or if I could speak to them and they would speak back. How would this encounter go? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I wasn't scared, but I was kind of worried. And this was how, a black guy? Yeah, it was a black okay. guy. He was like, I was kind of worried about whatever, just because of the perception of them hanging out and whatever, you know, on cars and just yeah. sitting there. And I told him, I said, I understand you feeling that way. But if you feel that way, what do you think a white person feels when they walk up and see 10 black people just sitting yeah. there chilling? Whether they, have, they could have a job. or what, White people are terrified of black people. I also told a story the other day. I was in Dallas driving, and it was this big-ass dog on the, car, on the passenger side. Mm-hmm. Dog was big as hell. I like dogs. I was smiling. I looked over there. The dog was so damn big, it blocked the white dude that was in the passenger seat, like almost covering him up. So when I looked over there, I noticed the white dude, and he was staring at me. And, like, when I looked at him, I was just going to speak and do, like, a thumbs up. It's yeah. a nice dog. Like, when I say he turned away so fast, like he was scared. I don't think they were scared though. Why would you turn away? I do that, that because because you don't want somebody staring in your car. Like I don't I don't like making eye contact with people in their car. So like if I, I was look, gonna say people avoid eye contact. Yeah, that's weird. Stranger, I guess I'm weird. weird, man. I guess I'm weird because I mean if somebody look in my car, I'm like I just do my hand like what's up. And see, I get an attitude. <laughs> you get an attitude if I look over there and you. <laughs> She just ready to. She just I get an attitude if you don't man. speak. If you don't speak, don't oh, stare. Yeah. Don't stare and no, not I speak. Don't, and that, and that's you, what I'm saying. You have a lot of white people do that. I've been running on that trail, like Katie Trail, mm-hmm. all like the last month, bro. And, 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 and I'm talking to Christian. I'm not calling you a bro. <laughs> My bad, <laughs> young lady. Okay. But you know, I was running out there, and it's so funny because it's like when I'm running out there, like people are watching, and it's like almost until I nod. And it's like they wait to see if I'm going to speak to them, and then some of them speak. Yeah. Or like I know it was a couple. It was a white couple, and. The white lady was staring at me as I was resting, and like I just kind of smiled and nodded my head, and she smiled and nodded her head, and like the white guy looked at me, and it's like he just kind of kept looking and walking. And I, was I just don't like, know why people are just weird. They very because weird. you know they probably could have been staring at you because your hair. They probably think you're African. They wanted to say, "Is that real?" <laughs> or how do you get that? How do you? Does your hair grow out of your head yeah, like that? Or do they braid it? Oh my gosh, there's a black person running in Katy Trail. Period. You yeah, know, it's just like, is he running is. from something or probably is? So. He you sound <laughs> like you're taking Christian's place today. You playing devil's advocate. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. No, no, I understand. Sometimes man. they're weird. I try, I, I try for the most part to give people benefit of a doubt. Yeah. I try. No, I understand. Also, another solution that we I wanted to get into was I think they need to revamp training protocol for police officers to be able to be hired uh, as a police officer, as far as check uh, doing extensive background on their, you know, check. Mm-hmm. And I pray they probably already do that. They but do, like, but check ties too. I mean, they check, do. Check, they check ties. They need to check ties to racist groups and all of that. Oh, you know what? Because I I applied to be a police officer twice. Yeah. And you have to go through all of that stuff. You have to go through your everything. And, and on the little application, they tell you that they'll go through your Facebook, your you know, all your social media yeah. accounts. So for the most part, I feel like they do. But you know, of course, it's like with anything, they may be they may go through mine. Yeah. You know, with Gabrielle, you know, Johnson, but this black not, woman, but, but then they might go go through, through Thomas, you know, Jones. And I'm gonna try. I don't know if we're gonna get time to talk like about that name. today, but no. you know, I read something where they were saying um, when hiring blacks and whites, um, they were saying with black people, be it's good if you you know go to a job that actually wants you to take a piss test. And they said the reason being is. If you don't take a piss test, a lot of times you may not get that job. And this is an article online, and they said that they that you they you want to go to a job where you take a piss test because if you don't go to a job where you have a piss test, they may automatically assume that you're black, you smoke weed, or you do some sort of drugs. What? I will. We'll get to that later today. Okay. But I okay. literally got that off the internet on an article that was written on the website. Yes. 
So it's so many things, and it goes back to even saying, like, you know, I know people who are in HR, mm-hmm. and they go through the documents and the paperwork, and they, uh, I tell the story all the time. It's a black girl who graduated with a master's from SMU, and it was a white girl who got her bachelor's from UNT. And when they, you know, were presented jobs, they offered the white girl $27, and the white black girl got $18 an hour. She has an MBA. Right, from SMU. From SMU. Right, yeah. It's no way in hell that she should have been getting paid less. No. And the statistics also show that every black woman gets paid 64% of what a white man yes yeah, i did I, I did read that so mm. which you know yeah man black it, it's it's definitely uh a harder black women black women are the bottom of the totem pole because even with black men you still have you know your man card so you're still a man yeah even though you're black so you may be lower than the white man but you're higher than the black woman I don't know, all of this shit just it just it's tiring man it is it's very exhausting it's very exhausting to think about and you know i was telling some i, I was having a conversation with some people at work and we were talking about um it's it's this one guy and he's like he's not for white people but he's just very balanced and try to be you know he tries to be open-minded about both sides and he was like do you think people who like white people who aren't racist but kind of do the same things that racist people do maybe like if if a white person if if they're not racist but they hear a conversation Mm -hmm. about black people that they don't agree with but they don't speak up about are they just as guilty to me i feel like yeah well i I do but i i I don't know i'm kind of split because i don't feel like everything that you hear you don't speak up that ain't your business. You ain't well, even talking exactly. to me. But at, you know what I'm saying? So every every time I hear something that I may be offended by, whether it be somebody, yet, how they raise their kids, the how, you know, they are in a relationship or how they, you know, speak about other races, that's not... I mean, if, if I'm in the conversation, then I'll, I'll say, something. say something. Well, but that's it, what I'm saying. You know yeah, what I mean? they're a part of the conversation, but they're talking and engaging with that conversation, but when it gets, like, to the racist part, they kind of just sit and, and listen. say that they don't, don't agree or something? Yeah. I think so. I think you you're, have you're, to you're, say yeah, something. Yeah, you have to say something. Because if you, I mean, not saying you got to debate or go to the defense, but it's like, I, I, I don't I, agree I, with I, that. I, I, right. I've had you different know, experiences. You're right. That's, because yeah. sometimes that kind of, it, it starts, it opens, it, it up opens people's somebody's eyes. eyes to say, oh, well, you haven't had that experience? It's just like when Christian, you know, like when I tell experiences I've had growing up in Texarkana, and Christian says, well, I haven't had that, you know. And he grew up, you know, he was in Colorado and California yeah. for a while. So you need that perspective for black people to say, you know what, I do see that there's a lot of things happening right now in the black community, but... I personally have yet to experience that. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It just lets you know that, you know what, it's not happening to everybody, but don't dismiss that it does, does happen. happen. Yeah, I think that's the problem is people dismiss, dismiss it. Dismiss it. And a lot of times, you know, uh, um, they're supposed to have this white people documentary coming out on MTV. Yeah. Um, it came out, I think, it came uh, out Wednesday. It's Friday. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch it. But I was, we were, I was discussing that with somebody, and I was like, you know, a lot of times, the white privilege kind of rolls down from what the four or five, their forefathers kind of set up. Their forefathers, like people always say, this government and this world in America was not built for black people. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. the precedent that was set by their forefathers, like we have our forefathers that mm-hmm. says fight back, you know, fight for equality and, and strive to do something better with your lives. Right. Their forefathers had it set up to where it's like, you don't want the black or the minorities to become the superior. Mm-hmm. A lot of times white people, because they don't teach this stuff in school and they don't know their history, they don't know that they're like subconsciously still carrying out the agenda of their forefathers. They just look at it as I'm just doing my job. Yeah. And a lot of, and that's where I think a lot of debate comes when it comes with like, when I talk to somebody that's white and the white person tries to relate something to me, a lot of times I was like, you know what? It's not their fault, but you do when you mm. hear something you do have to educate yourself yeah. and know your background because one thing about it and i talked to somebody too i don't know what white people do as far as upbringing outside of the friends that i have that have told me and i know they don't read in depth 
far as like go back unless you're a historian or somebody who just has um you know you just a have a, a passion of yeah. thirst for knowledge but when i was growing up my mama made me watch roots and yeah. I watched all these other shows to know yeah. where I come from Rosewood. and what my history Roots. was and taught me that every white person is not like this, but you may come across this and this is how you handle it or be prepared because this is your history. But I think once you become an adult and you start living your own experiences, then you can't always just depend on what your parents, what your parents told you. It, even because... Damn, I lost my train of Imagine Mike Brown walking them same cops just past him. I'm smoking hash and let me ash it for I'm talking past him. I hope his mama tears like acid to your fucking badges. Two shots in his brain, four in his fashion. Thinking about his casket and his phantom, swear I almost crashed it. That's why I'm headed to Ferguson with this German Ruger. Cause I'm probably more like Nelson Mandela than Martin Luther. More like Ice T than Ice Cube. I'm a cop killer. Murder all the cops, then the cops will probably stop killing. On my knees praying, wish my nigga Pac was living. But he fell victim to the Rampart Division's purge. Cops killed Biggie. Cops beat up Rodney King. We tore up the city, nigga, purge. Or just stand there like J. Cole and shit. And uh, on the break, we were kind of talking about some personal things. And, you know, if anybody has seen pictures or follows us, <laughs> or follows us on, like, Twitter, Facebook and all, you know, you know our co-host Gabby has a, like a low cut. What would you call it? Like it's a, faded. It's faded. Okay. Yeah. So like a little fade. It's 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 nice. But I was telling her about a time because we were kind of talking about how guys feel about like women um, who cut their hair low. Like you know everybody knows like Amber Rose, she's beautiful. But I was telling her about my first time when I dated a girl a couple of years back who she had long hair, but she wanted to go a different route and she wanted to you know do the buzz cut thing and just you know cut it all off. So I was like, cool, you know, she, you know, she was pretty to me either way. So I never forget the first time she cut her hair, she came home and I was like, ah, you know, it's cool. It's, it's straight. And the first time we started having sex, like she was giving me oral sex and like, you know, guys normally put their hands on a girl's head or the back of her neck or, you know, like I've said before on the show, I'm a little more aggressive. So I'm kind of rubbing on her head. And during the whole thing, like I just kind of like I went back for the rub. Like, you know, you can usually run yes. your fingers backwards through her hair. But I rubbed my hand like over her head and it was like the spike. And I was like, I literally had to stop. I tried like to continue going because of what was going on. But like three to five seconds after I stroked her head backwards, I was like, hold on, man. And, and okay, number one, I would have been pissed because you messed up my wave pattern. Like, <laughs> you didn't have no wave pattern. <laughs> number one, I'm, I'm trying to stay in the moment because like, damn, this nigga didn't rub my hair back. <laughs> but I rubbed her hair back, man, and I literally felt like I had a dude. In between my legs, and I was like, "You got to come up off that." I'm, we just got to do this. You just the have to. Way. You just have to. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I, I can't give you advice because I'm yeah. not the one that's you know Pleasure receiving. Me, but yeah. um, I know, I know for me, because my ex husband used to say the same. He used to say that. So I would, if if we were already in the bed getting ready to go to sleep, <laughs> and I had my do rag on, I would take my do rag off just. Yeah. You know, because I feel like a do rag, okay. Yeah. You probably got, but, or you just have to do it from the, I mean, you just have to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I got used to it after a while. It just took a while, though. You can't go backwards. You can't rub that head even back. Even running, even, I mean, just feeling the still, still being just, able to feel that cuff. Like, you know, everybody got their little cup on the back of their head, like right there. Like, yeah. every, even, so, like, you don't, yeah. you don't feel that on a normal basis when you're touching a girl, like running your fingers through a girl's hair. Grab her ears or something. Man, I just, I don't know. It, it just took a while. I mean, I got used to it, but, you know, it was one of them things where I was like, ah. And the reason we got on that topic, because we were talking off air about um, the whole LaShondra Rucker thing last week, because everybody, oh, yeah. we, we got a lot of feedback about that, about, you know, her and, 
talking about you know having a gay guy to penetrate your woman from behind to teach the man and you know we we've talked to a couple of our gay friends throughout the week and if you go back on our facebook page where you know she posted that she actually interacted with uh one of our gay um listeners listeners. and we i i know at least five to seven gay guys i've talked to since that time last saturday and they said we would never do that never do do that. that One of the guys that I talked to, he said, like, literally gay is having attraction for the opposite sex. Yeah. So, I mean, just because a lot of straight people think that being gay is just that you like to do it in the butt. And it's just like it's more than that. So yeah. the same things that you look for in a relationship is what they look for in a relationship is just so happen to be of the same sex. So they are not going to want to even interact with a woman just because you're doing it in the butt. That's like... Yeah. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, because, I mean, my whole thing, because, and, and like, like, you know, and that's what some of my gay friends are saying. They were like, we have no right, desire. interest right. or desire to mess with fish, which is what they call it, the woman's vagina, <laughs> fish, you know. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> they say they didn't have no desire. And I was like, I can, I can feel that because, it's I, you know, I switched around. You know, I was trying to put, my, put the shoe on the other foot. And I was like, that's like if one of my homegirls was like, I want you to sleep with my husband. Or I want you. Or to no, it's, it's almost husband. like no, it's almost like okay, if I can't. I'm, you tell me that I don't give head good. Oh, okay. it's like you know what? I'm. I got a gay friend. Can my gay can my friend gay friend give you give you a blowjob? Blow man, you gonna be I like? I wish you do. I'm gonna tell you. The, I've had a couple of gay encounters, and the one that sticks out in my mind. And when I say an encounter, I mean like an interaction, not Specify. a full encounter. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've never been with a man. But I'm. I don't, oh, I'm, I don't have to justify day. myself with that. But my inter- my encounter and interaction with this one guy, I never forget. And I have not been to the crave party. They had it actually uh, last night, mm-hmm. I think it was, or it's tonight. So they're having a crave magazine party where it's like a modeling oh, okay. magazine mm-hmm. or whatever. I haven't been in like three years because when I went, I was there with a date. And I was buying drinks for me and my date. And I saw this guy look at me when we were coming in the parking lot. Now, I'm not under the influence of understanding that this is a gay party. It's straight people there. It was beautiful women because we all know that gays have some of the most beautiful women. Friends. For fr- I mean, if you want a great party and you're looking for a girl, you're going to have to beat the bushes and get past the gays. But Crave Magazine has a great party every year with beautiful women. So anyway, I was getting, going to the thing uh, to the bar to get my drink, and the guy, you know, I'm still not really knowing or paying attention, paying attention to gay guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm focused on the group we came with, which was some gay guys, and, you know, my girl. Yeah. So... I go up to buy a drink, and the guy says, hey, man, you know, we kind of get there at the same time. And I was like, you go first. He's like, no, nah, you go ahead. And I was like, all right, bro. So I'm I'm in line. And he taps me on the shoulder, and he's like, you work out? I was like, yeah, man, I try to hit the gym. You know, I'm thinking I'm just having normal conversation. <laughs> this nigga hitting on me. He was like, you know, you go to the gym? I was like, yeah, I go to the gym. I try and hit it a couple times a week. This nigga grabbed my peck. <gasps> Oh. Like I, if I if I grabbed your, your boob. What? He grabbed my peck. And when I grabbed his hand, like you heard they say kung fu grip. Like yeah. I grabbed that nigga hand so tight, like with all my might, bicep, forearm, flex, squeeze down, clamp what? down. I said, bro, okay, like this, man. I'm not gay. I don't have anything with gay people. But if you ever, ever, as I continue to squeeze with each word, put your hand on me again like this, man, this is going to be a problem. He's like, oh, I just thought since you was here. I said, nah, bro, everybody here ain't gay. Oh, well. But, you know, women hit on me all the time. I know, cause your haircut. But I, don't, but I don't feel like that you are. They did that to my mom. My mom was like, because my mom cut her hair. Oh, my, yes, times. my mom did too. And she was like, these. She called him Butch. 
Oh yeah, that but was, just came on to me and I was like, you see that like, Ricky Smiley special? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh gosh, I have sent to you tomorrow's bulldog. <laughs> yeah. Oh the bulldog. Yeah 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 man. That's what old people yeah, say. Yeah, but it's just like you get you know if you get your hair cut. I'm this is the thing too about the women. I know the men are pretty bold. But the bull daggers or whatever they are, <laughs> the bull daggers, bull dagger, the lesbian, lesbian whatever you know, whatever the names and the terminology, I respect you. I, I really respect them because not to be, the women be on, they be, they be trying to pull, they be dudes are in competition with them. They and you know what, the, like a couple of women, they you'll tell them that you're straight, and they're like, and I can take you from your take, man. I can take you. I could do that. It don't, it don't, that means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It's, it's just like you have to kind of be real. Like, we were at Walmart one time. So, my mom's hair is pretty much the same as mine. And this woman was calling us, you know, can I help y'all? Y'all need, need help? Yeah. You know, don't, don't nobody do that in Walmart. Walmart yeah. So, she's following us <laughs> on every aisle. And my mom was like, she is so friendly. And persistent. Like, she's so, she had no idea. I was like, mom, she's hitting on you. She was like, what? I said, mom, she's a lesbian. Yeah. And she thinks that we're, mom, yeah. come on now. She's like, no, I had no idea. I thought yeah. she thought she was nice. Was she I said, don't nobody. Was she what? She was up here when that happened, or were y'all? Uh, we were living that? here, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah, she probably wasn't aware. Yeah, of that. she wasn't. Yeah, man. They were pretty old. The thing about I, I don't really like. I have I don't it, that situation was like rare. Like I have had guys like tell me like they'll be like, well, you know, if you was whatever, and I'd be like, well, I'm not gonna never be that. I'm mm-hmm. no longer homophobic. You know, I've told the story a million times about when I was homophobic. Like when I was in Texas, Canada, when I worked at J.C. Penney's, I never forget it was this guy named Drew. He was a white guy. And he was gay. Mm-hmm. I think I was in high school, like 17 years old. And we got off work one day at JCPenney's, and I went and got in my car. And, like, I guess his car wouldn't start. So he was walking. So I literally drove by him, and I was like, I'm not picking this nigga up. Because in my mind, Aww. I was like, oh, yeah, I dro- drop him off. Yeah. But then I ended up coming back because he was cool. I talked to him at work. So I was like, it's kind of shady not to, you know, go back and help him out. So I did pick him up, and I took him home. But, I, you know, I told him, I said, you're probably going to think I'm an idiot, man. And I probably am. But. I'm about to drop you off at the corner, bro. Like I can't drop you off in front of your house oh. and people see me and think you wouldn't do that I'm now, gay. right? No, I wouldn't do it. Now, I, oh, I've okay. been now. I, it's still difficult because my good friends Brandon and Brandon, man, like I, I love them dudes. They like brothers, man, mm-hmm. and you know they're gay. And we went to a bar one time, and I was sitting at the bar. Uh, it was a party, and it wasn't enough room for me, so I was like, I'm gonna sit at the bar. So I didn't know this bar was like predominantly like a gay bar. It was um, what is the name of that bar? It was is it over, in Oakland? Yeah. It, it closed down. Cyclones. Mm-hmm. Cyclones and Yana. I was over there at the bar, and I'm like, <clears> okay, <throat> I'm giving me a drink, and all these guys coming in. It, it literally was like blood in the water, and like sharks. Like, people just kept coming closer and closer, and it was like right before they really just came to me, Brandon and Brandon came up, and they sat on each side, and it was like, honey, you can't sit up here at the bar by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sit up here at the bar by yourself. You know, you can't be up here handsome with dreads by yourself buying a drink. They're going to think you up here waiting for somebody. I was like, for real? That's like, yeah. I was like, well, let me get my ass a stool and sit at the end of the table then. So it's like, you know, they taught me a lot of things, and, and I've learned a lot from them as far as, like, respect, yeah. you know, and that they have preferences. and They do. The, you you know, know, I've talked to, you know, I have close friends, and the the gay world is com- is is complicated. It's very complicated. It is so complicated. You think it's complicated here? It's complicated on the other side. Yeah. It is complicated. It's just kind of like y'all I got res- too many damn rules. Yeah, I can respect them. They can have that side. They got they got they even have hierarchies. They got mother. They got a well, somebody. I heard them call this one old dude. They was like, "That's the mother." I was like, "Mother, <laughs> what, does that what? Even, what does if that ain't P Funk in the mothership, I don't know what the hell going on around here." I said, "That's mother." 
Yes, honey. I was like, oh man, so their whole terminology is just funny to me, man. They, uh, you know, like I said, but they're, they're fun though. They're very fun. I was just oh, about to say, the, they're the very. Best. The thing about the gay community that I've respected and 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 grown to love about them, man, they they are fun. They know how to have fun. They are respectful. The ones that I've met, um, they're supportive. Yeah. And the crazy, crazy thing is, like, a lot of people, you know, be just on them about like God and how he feels, and like they are church going. Mm-hmm up on it all the time yeah consistently in the house of god yeah you know now they have created some of their own churches and uh, you know to each that. his own yeah, yeah. It's, it's a couple i've been invited you know by friends to come just check it out and i was like i can't check it out i mean just my beliefs it still kind of contradicts with what i believe in and like i tell people mm-hmm. one thing i have learned about it is I think we, like Gary has said it a lot of times, I hate that when pastors try to come down so hard on gays because a sin is a sin is a sin, as we know. Yes, people harp on, well, you know, God called it an abomination and so on and so forth. But I could care less about that. One thing I've... The thing, what I've looked at, and I mean to cut you off, no, is um, I got to worry about myself. You, do. you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I'm not living my living, you know, to the T of the Bible. So it's like I don't have time to be concerned about somebody else's salvation, somebody yeah. else's salvation, and whether or not you getting yeah. you getting into hell or the yeah. heaven. I don't, that ain't that is not my that is yeah. not my business. When I just fornicated, you know when, I just about, fornicated yeah. when I just fornicated, I'm uh, probably going to said, again. Said you, know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like, being, you know, just being like, one. You know, I mean, I got my own sins to deal with. Like, yeah, and I can't really worry about nobody, nobody else's, else's. And, and, and how they doing and what they doing. And I think that's a big thing. I know we um, if, if you're following us on Twitter. I know our consultant is probably like, they ain't even following the no. script today. We're going to breeze Sorry. over this. No, it's fine. We're going to breeze over this Lafayette mm-hmm. shooting in Louisiana. Um, I have a good friend that lives out there, and um, yeah. I, that's the first time I saw it. I was on Facebook um, a couple of nights ago, and she was like, you know, Lafayette is like one of the safest places you could ever be until today. So if you don't know about the Lafayette shooting, the shooter, John Russell Hauser, a.k.a. Rusty, the name, uh, he shot 11 people in a methodical style Thursday night during the movie Trainwreck. Uh, police proceeded in the back and cornered him and he started shooting again when he saw them and he had no way out he then committed he went back in reloaded his gun let off a few more rounds killing people and then he killed himself um they said he had mental problems they say he had mental problems he was a law school graduate um he did look like though he what? He did look like it. Like he had issues. I mean, usually, you know, that's they always say that it's and always that's the thing. It's like it's the but, bar, it's the bailout for them. But he did kind of look. Mm. But did you see what I posted too on um, on our Instagram on the reality is the other day about uh, I think his name is Kevin Coffey, the guy who turned himself in for child abuse, uh, child pornography or sexual assault uh, in Ellis County. So when when they had, I did a split. Screen. Yeah, he white. Oh, I almost said, of course he's white. <laughs> but I mean. Just like when they do this, I did a split screen, and it was like when he was serving, and he looked like real professional. And then it was like a day or two later after he got his mugshot, he looked like a pedophile. And I was like, it's something about um, prison or jail that makes you look like who you are. And if it's not who you are, it makes you look like a criminal. Kind of like even the Sandra Bland thing. Every picture you saw before the mugshot. She looked like a loving person. Yeah. But the mug shot, she looked like but a the criminal. mug why she looked like she'd been crying. Yeah, like, that's what I'm you saying. know, yeah. It just you know, but and you know, I was just saying, you know, how it makes 
people look. Now he may have had a mental issue, but like you say, the narrative. It don't matter. Yeah, but the narrative is always because he, whatever. Like, and he was functional. He was fifty something years old, I think. I didn't get the age, but he functioned all the way up until this point. Right, because my thing is probably a lot of black because this goes back to black people not talking about things and you know being yeah. taught that you don't go tell people your business. Yeah. So a lot of these you know black people may have mental issues as well, but it's not that's not going to be the the narrative that's going to be portrayed for us, even not if that ever. is the truth. Yeah, even if you know. So, which you know I don't know but let's just say Sandra Bland was depressed yeah. you know she probably we would have never known because yeah. we don't talk about that and they discredited I, I don't like either I went to speak about that earlier how they discredited her like oh she had marijuana in her system what so the what? hell they got to do like you okay she probably ate, did she have a burger in her system too and yeah. I mean but, what's your point yeah and they, you know so it's just I just hate the way they always try to discredit you know people of color not just blacks but just people of color period when it's something when it you know when it's like mm-hmm. that and, and what I, bothers me is that even if that were so, even if, like, even like with Mike Brown, that, you know, he was a, you know, a, a, a thug or whatever, unquote, I don't yeah. feel like that <clears throat> constitutes anyone to lose their life. To lose their life. So mm-hmm. whether I'm a thug or not, whether I'm smoking or, or not, yeah. that may be true, but it doesn't, that doesn't justify me, justify me dying. Yeah. Me having an attitude and, oh, she should have just, you're, it's, to me, it's almost like you're trying to say, if you just would have shut your mouth, yeah. then you would then you wouldn't have died, or yeah. you wouldn't have been arrested, or whatever. No, but it's just kind of like. Well, I think with this, I mean, I know a lot of people don't agree with, it, especially here in Texas. But I think the House definitely needs to come together and pass a gun law with Obama, in some kind of way. I mean, too many people got their hands on guns, from kids to to mental oh, yeah. people. So yeah, because he, he was. Oh yeah, he said yeah, that. yeah. For me, I'm I'm definitely for it. So, I mean, that's just... But he me. had a gun, in, in quote, unquote, I mean, yeah. his defense, I guess, yeah. whatever. He bought his gun a year ago. Yeah. So, you don't even feel like he bought his gun. It wasn't like, like to go uh, out and, to go out and kill night. these people. Yeah. He, 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 he's been having that gun. I just always try to put myself in the, in the setting of, like, they went to go see Trainwreck, a funny movie, mm-hmm. and you're going in for laughter, and it's oh. ter- you get terror. But I feel like it's Real that's how it's been, terror. like, when the Charleston. Yeah. You go to church to pray, yeah. and now you... I was going to go to the movie Saturday, and I was like... I was, I mean, too. Friday, I was like, fuck that, I'm not going to I was going to go to movies last night. I'm going to let it die down a couple weeks, and to see train wreck. Yeah, you just never know. Or never or know. what's the other one? South Park. South Park, yeah. I want All day, nigga. All day, ho. My neck looks sweeter than parfait, ho. Rap that jitter in a red two-seater. I can throw this dick from far away, ho. Ask me how long do it take to be the greatest on my Broadway, ho. Now Kanye never will it be safe, bitch, I already know. 24-7-365 days, everybody getting paid. Nigga looking at me like I'm worth both MJs. Shot down PJ, I'm a PJ. Shot down, we play for the free base. These days, don't believe what police say. DJs and the B-Boys, that shit. We have Lunny 3 on the line right now. Like I said, he's an artist from Oakland, but he now resides right now in Dallas. And uh, Lunny, man, go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. What's going on? The reality is, it's Lonnie Three. Like you were saying, coming from Oakland, California. You know, now I'm my new home, Texas, but you know, definitely getting on from my city and my state. For sure. Now, so what? Uh, what was? What was the concept that you had, man? That made you come up when you were creating Notice? Well, Notice it kind of started with me just trying to redefine myself as an artist and find my way. You know, along with my sound and you know, pretty much what I wanted to say. Yeah. So I was just, you know, looking on the internet, trying to find beats, kind of, you know, yeah. doing some writing exercises and stuff like that. So I came on the, uh, the Chef Buyer beat tape, and, like, you know what I'm saying, he's got some really tight production, and this song just stood out to me, and I was like, man, I got to do something to it. Yeah. So Notice was really, uh, the song is actually, like, a year old. Okay. I just actually finished uh, finished it up. 
like maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I kind of just was going through some of my old lyrics, and I was like, man, let me see see if I can uh, actually turn this into a full project, you know, like a full thought-out song. So I kind of gave it some thought, you know, to see, like, okay, well, I want it to be, you know, catchy, catch people's attention because the beat is super hot, but at the same yeah. time, you know, I want to talk about stuff that's relevant to me and, you know what I'm saying, the struggle as an artist and, you know what I'm saying, even this is a struggle as a, you know what I'm saying, person that's being noticed, whether you're on your job or, you know, whether you trying to get ahead in life is like, okay, I got something that's worth value as well. Of course, yeah, no, I definitely understand because, I, I mean, I'm the same way, like you said, starting up a radio show, trying to get noticed, trying to put yourself out there. And um, the reason, you know, the, I know the way I found out about you was a good friend of mine, Hannah. Um, she told me about you, and she was like, hey, you got to listen to him. He has some good music. And I was like, all right, go ahead and send it to me because I know since I've started doing radio, I get a lot of um, people hitting me up, and they're like, hey, can you play it on the radio? Let me hear what it is. And one of the first things that caught me when I listened to the song was um, uh, on notice was, like I told you, like I know you said you used to live in Houston for a little while, and I, the chopped and screwed um, hook at the beginning, the intro, it caught me, and I was like, okay, let me see what he's talking about. And then the production was good, and the music was good, and the beats and the bass was legit. Then you started rapping, and I was like, okay, the lyrics are good as well. A lot of times, you know, you hear a lot of rappers, and they don't sound different, or you could tell they're trying to sound like somebody else, or the production, like I was telling you off air, the production is not there. But I know you were talking about um, you grew up around um, you and your cousin or a family member who now has a studio and you guys went from recording in the bathroom to now, you know, the professional quality in the studio. Like, what has that transition been like and what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I, I grew up in music, like I was saying, from being in church, being raised in church and also yeah. from, you know, joining with my, I like to call it my spiritual instrument. I actually just found that out, kind of discovered it. But uh, when I was in fifth grade, when the first time I picked up a trumpet, you know, our music teacher, you know what I'm saying, from then on, yeah. it's been all about quality, it's been about technique, you know what I'm saying? So that's always carried on to anything I did, really, you know what I'm saying, trying to be the best or, you know what I'm saying, trying to perfect what I actually can do. But, you know, kind of more to touch on the uh, the music, you know what I'm saying, like even the beat there in itself, like when I got, got it from, you know, a line from the beat tape or whatever, it was kind of like, you know, a certain way that it was. Yeah. But we actually added more to it, you know what I'm saying? We edited the beat so it can, you know what I'm saying, fit and flow how I wanted it to, you know what I'm saying? Even yeah. some of the excerpts that we added into it, Correct. you know, it's like you, you want to basically fully customize your, you know what I'm saying, situation, even if it's something that, you know, the world try to give you. It's like, okay, well, I see what you got and I like you, but it's like, okay, we can do this to make it better, you know what I'm saying? Like what can yeah. we do to, you know what I'm saying, make this part feel out? Because, you know, working in Houston, with my group 220, yeah. you know, I'm still uh, a part of the group, you know what I'm saying? We're more of a collective right now, but okay. we used to all come together like, okay, we got a solid idea, but if we're not doing anything to, to make people notice, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, you know, turn some heads or, you know what I'm saying, to stand out or be different, which it's we already way. were, yeah. you know what I'm saying, nobody's going to really even give you any play. Yeah, no, that makes sense, bro. Makes sense. So what's some uh, musicians or artists that inspired you growing up or music that, you know, artists that you listen to probably still today that you feel like um, has good quality or that, you know, every artist wants to be individual, you know, an individual. But what is an artist or what are some artists that you listen to now or that you listen to growing up? Well, I guess we can go backwards. Like we can start with kind of the song Notice yeah. I mean, and break it down in many parts to where I can say, well, I drew inspiration from this artist or that artist, I know we're hearing about 
Drake and Meek Mill and Ghost Riders and stuff, but yeah. I mean, to be totally honest, you know, it's kind of like, even on the second verse, I was like, you know what, I wrote it a certain way, but this is how I'm feeling right now, so I kind of, I kind of got tapped into my inner Nelly on that part, you know yeah. what I'm saying, I, I took a, uh, a sample from Isaiah Rashad, you know what I'm saying, to yeah. set the tone in the beginning of the song, you know, so I can kind of pull from, you know, a lot of different hip-hop artists, definitely, you know, Nas, you know, honestly, I, I mean, sometimes, I kind of like, okay, well, not necessarily I need approval from anybody. Exactly. But, you know, I want to be able to, you know, say that I can earn the respect of, you know what I'm saying, people I look up to, you know what I'm saying, and definitely my uh, my peers, the peers a lot, you know what I'm saying. I feel like people in the industry right now, my peers is kind of like, you know, maybe you grew up playing sports or whatever, you know, you know you was good, but maybe in a, uh, another city high school or some other guys that might have got noticed in the national papers is like shoot this is still the same guy you know yeah. what I'm saying they just a little bit of hair right now so I, I mean I you know to go back kind of you know Warren Hill Jill Scott honestly a lot of my inspiration are R&B artists you know what I'm saying that's why I try to infuse you know different styles and you know jazz and, and just instrumentality into, oh, into yeah. my music because you know I want to give this whole nothing but a, a rapper you know, yeah. that's kind of my mantra. You know, I want to style myself to try to give people what they expect. But then as soon as you press play, it's nothing like you expected at all. All right. Well, my co-host, Gabrielle, uh, she has a, a question for you. What's up with you? What's How you call? doing? Again. <laughs> but uh, my my question is, I know I've, I've heard a lot of artists say that when they're in the, mi in the middle of, you know, writing something, they don't usually listen to what's on the radio in fear that, you know, they may... Um, sound the same or right or, like or you know unconsciously kind of do the same thing because that's what they've been listening to so whenever you are in the middle of writing something or you know putting something together do you listen to anything else or is it just kind of like you just listen to your own stuff or just kind of just beats it's kind of um it's a little bit of both to be totally honest i write songs anywhere i can write songs walking you know saying to my to my nine to five i can you know write a song while i'm you know i'm saying literally working I'm trying to become more creatively flexible, so, you know what I'm saying, not that much needs to be, you know, altered or, or or I don't need a special accommodation to be able to be, you know, my best creatively. But as far as, like, listening to uh, other music, I definitely think that it's super important to at least get some kind of inspiration. And I think more so from other genres, you know, when you're, when you're, okay, I'm locked in for an album. Yeah. Let me, you know what I'm saying, listen to some Led Zeppelin right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. literally going to those people to where you know they prove themselves and they prove that they have what, that the right things that they have to say that get the people going in. And also their music style is like, okay, how can I figure out, you know what I'm saying, why, you know, Illmatic is one of the best albums of all time. Like, what was yeah. he talking about? You know what I'm saying? Or what, how can I modernize that idea? Yeah. And even, you know what I'm saying, to bring nostalgia to some people, you know what I'm saying, adding a couple lines that, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, uh, maybe maybe using a rhyme pattern or a flow or, you know what I'm saying, or even just, you know, okay, well, I see where everybody else is at. Let me take it a step above. You know what I'm saying? Or let yeah. me see what that new Chance the Rapper song is talking about because I know everybody talking about him, so let me go opposite of where he's at. You know what I'm saying? No, that makes sense. Now, I was thinking, you know, and I wanted to answer that question. I'm not an artist in that form, but I was like, what, you know, what would I listen to if I was in the, in the studio right now to get 
and draw some attention. So I pulled up my Spotify, mm-hmm. and my top three right now, if I had to pick three people just off my Spotify, of course, right now would be Future, mm-hmm. um, off the Future album. And that's really just for beats. Um, I mean, I like Future, but I, lyrically wise, I mean, like he said in the interview, like he brings that ratchet part that yeah. everybody wants to hear. Right. So it would be, I would probably look at a beat uh, from Future. Then I have um, the new album Woman by Jill Scott. I've been listening to that. Ly- she's lyrically. Like, yeah, lyrically, she's right yes. there. And then um, I have Marvin Gaye. I was listening to the Trouble Man album uh, wow. this week. So I don't know how that would work out, but I mean, it, good I, think art. I think it all comes together. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. You got the content, you got the, the soul, you got the pain of what's actually going on in the world. You yeah. got, you know what I'm saying, something that's going to make you feel better about yeah. it. So it, right. it kind of ties in. In a woman's perspective. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that works out. That works out. So what you working on right now, man? You got anything in the works? Uh, definitely. Always something in the works. Um, I got a lot of unreleased music. Yeah. But at this time, you know, I feel like I need to put my best foot forward, Correct. especially kind of starting over. I like to say, but yeah. you know, what I'm saying rebranding myself, you know, more professional term and yeah. and kind of just defining myself as an artist. I I work with my group 220 for like four years straight, so. Uh, it was definitely a different style, you know, working with other people. And you know, we're all kind of, you know, pursuing personal projects right now. So yeah. everything that I'm concentrated on right now is, you know what I'm saying, of course, helping other people when I can, but just getting getting what I need to, to say out and, you know what I'm saying, making sure it's, it's conveyed in a in a, a grabbing, you know what I'm saying, technique. You know, I, won't, I got a whole bunch of records I could just put out, but it's like, okay, yeah. that was cool, but, you know, you it's not really out. worth me playing again. That's that's the biggest thing. I want replayability of my music because I feel like, you know, I can get any type beat or I can make a type beat. I can, you know, throw a rap together, a little hook. It's like, okay, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing your thing. But, you know, are you going to play this when you're on the way to the club? Or are you going to play this, you know, when you're going through some hard times? Are you going to play this? You know, do you have to, like, tell somebody? Like, do you have to tell somebody about this? Yeah. So that's no. pretty much what I'm working on, trying to get my music there. Um, definitely trying to learn and grow, you know, as a person, you know what I'm saying, yeah. to be able to add to my music as well. So, well, that's yeah, that's good. pretty much it. All right. Man, we appreciate you calling in. But before I let you go, bro, I want you to tell us uh, where can everybody find you at? Where can they, if they're looking for Lonnie 3, if they want to hear his music, if they want to keep in contact, uh, where can they find you at? Uh, all my social network handles right now are nobody but Lonnie. Okay. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram. Trying to get my Facebook and, and website together right now, but Twitter, Instagram, probably the best way. Okay. Definitely hit up my SoundCloud, nobody but Lonnie. All right. Um, yeah, that's it, man. I appreciate the opportunity. I, I definitely uh, support you know what you guys are doing over appreciate here at that, the reality man. is. Thank you. And definitely a big fan now too, man. All right, well we support you too, man. And when you get some stuff, man, let us know. We'll continue to play notice on the air. And like I say, man, call back whenever you want to and let us know and keep in touch, man. For sure, for sure. Right. Thank you. No problem, yeah. man. Good luck with everything. To mine is the throne, hopping on top of the zones, dropping your signs to zones, the medicine cups. I got the styrofoam, dropping these lines to your dome, they popping the chrome. But I'm about to transcend. You imagine what a bad chick eating spinach like cabbage, never living like average in a game, no practice. If they wanna pop, I can get them. Cause I'm on a whole nother level, and I'm about to go to Jurassic. 
It's mine, it's the fox and the magic. I'm flipping the birdie, it's magic. I'm flipping the works and the master. Straight up out of Oakland with a pretty girl smoking by the top of nigga head like Cassie. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about we back man we're gonna talk about we're gonna do some barbershop talking uh, i brought this up because i wanted to talk about the trinity girl project and i'm always over in um the oak cliff area bishop arts Dis- districts area and i know a lot of people who live in south oak cliff and all of that and normally when you hear people be like oh oak cliff i know especially when i moved here they warned me about right. don't take your ass to oak cliff yeah. don't take your ass to stop six in fort worth 18 got lost and was scared as shit what had to get off the phone i was like i gotta call you back because i got to figure out where i'm at i gotta get out of here it was eight o'clock at night (laughs) it was pitch black folks walking the street oh god i was scared you gotta get used to it i'm not about that life but what we wanted to talk about was the trinity girl project and how they're building up the bishop arts district and the trinity grove area And, and and what's so funny about it to me is like a lot of white people when they hear about it, they're like, oh, this new place, Bishop Arts District, oh, this new place, yeah. Trinity Grove, and they have these new restaurants and yeah. this and that, you know, because a lot of contracts have been passed uh, with a lot of developers here in Dallas. And what I think they're doing, of course, they want to make Dallas look nice. Mm-hmm. And Dallas is becoming one of the a great, you know, along with Austin and San Antonio and Texas, to one of the great places to live. Good jobs, you know, cost of living is not so bad. The city is great. You have the Cowboys here. You know, you got the Dallas Stars here. You got the Mavericks here. You got arena football here. You know, you got a lot. I mean, the people are beautiful and it's just hot as shit here. But other than that, it's like it is a very prominent state. So a lot of people are migrating this way. So I feel like with the Trinity Girl Project and a couple of other things, I feel like they're pushing the hood the ghettos back towards the prominent areas of Dallas, like DeSoto, Cedar Hill, and Glen Heights. And I called it, I named this segment Barbershop Talk because I was actually in a barbershop this week. And I had previously talked about the movement and what I feel like they're doing. And then when I was in a barbershop, they kind of brought up how all these new places are mm-hmm. coming up and how they're so expensive to live in these places. I'm talking like 800 square feet for like $1,900 or $2,500. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, New York is expensive and California is expensive. But Austin, I think it's in the top 25 now for one of the most expensive places to live in the United States. This shit Mm. is becoming expensive. And I feel like what they're doing is they're pushing these bad areas back into the permanent black neighborhoods. And where else are they going to go? I mean, because where else can you afford to live? If you're not going, like, to Mesquite yeah. or Garland, it's pushing the south, Oak Cliff area, that, you know, the area that really does need some help rebuilding, but they need assistance as well as they need to help themselves. But they're pushing that area back into the Lancaster, like I say, Cedar Hills, you know, DeSoto area. And it's nowhere for them to go. And I almost feel like it's an economic plan or an agenda. Because if yeah. they move it into in our communities where we live at, there's nowhere else to go. It just starts moving out. The people like Deion Sanders and Des Bryant who live out in that area, like they ain't gonna want to live out there no more. You don't want to live around areas where people are breaking into your shit. And but I think that I think the opposite. I think it's pushing them out because they're wanting to take over that. You that's, know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like Deion, they gonna still be living in Cedar Hill and Not Des Bryant living in Cedar Hill. But I'm saying it's gonna be because it's pushing the people who currently live there out. out, out because, because like um, it's some new apartments in Cedar Hill, mm-hmm. and I called over there for a one bedroom apartment. It's it's like eleven hundred dollars yeah. for one bedroom, and that's in seat. So, like I said, nobody can, can afford house. that. So now you're fixing to have to move somewhere else, like yeah. Irving or Mesquite, or yeah. you know somewhere where they're not doing anything. But it's like they're wanting to 
to take these to take over these air these areas right and that's the thing about it and I, I feel like you know we always talk about things especially like you know i know a couple of people in the urban league and young um, professionals and people just black american uh, professionals around dallas who are trying to do something to change that but it's like like you said if they move us if i mean we're uh, Wax of Hatch is next. Right. But, Who you know, but on the other hand, it's like we have to do something for ourselves. That's too. what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, like you said, the, 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 you know, the Urban League and the Young Professionals and, and the Rotary Club. It's just like black people don't do that. Don't do those things. Yeah. And then when you do do those things, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're quote unquote acting white or, yeah. you know, you're because I had a girlfriend. I was saying I wanted to play in like a girl's night out yeah. and her girl's night out was going to Cheddar's. Yeah. And I was like, girl. It's yeah, it's so upgrade. much it's so, so much, much out there, out there and you want to go to Cheddar's yeah. that's like Chili's or you know Applebee's or something yeah. so it's like you have to want to do better and you want to have to grow and get outside of your circle and we have to have I feel like we have to stop taking from each other too because we have a lot of organizations and we have a lot of things that black people can do but we don't support it right um, and all and and sometimes we don't support it because it's nothing to support and it's it's me it's it's mediocre. mediocre. And Media not okra. to be funny, you wanna. I want some okra, <laughs> but uh, you know. Right <laughs> <laughs> I'm so but uh, I mean, you just—it's just things that need to be done in the community, and we always look at solutions. And I feel like one of the solutions is if you are gonna open up a place, like open up something more than a barbecue shack. Or if, you, or I'm not even gonna manage a barbecue shack, but it needs to be run like a business. Yeah, you don't don't open up a barbecue shack and then you you might open at ten, you might open at yeah. eight, or you gonna close, or you run out Same of food. Same thing for hair or, salons, and, right? And, even, and if you're gonna have organizations, make sure that you know you're not stealing from it and embezzling and embezzling yeah. money to where it can last. Like let's stop being greedy, sticking our own hands in the damn bucket, taking away, yeah. you know, taking food out of everybody else's mouth. And and like you say, support, you know, support your area, you know, buy your groceries in that area. And if you're going to, you know, I don't know, get your gas over there. Buy, I mean, but now, I will say this, I'm not going to support you just because. You're no, right. no, no. That's what I was about to say. I'm, I was just in the point I was about yeah. to make is a lot of them stores <laughs> right. they be putting up like the I'm clothing stores. That. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not wearing like a picnic. Uh, basket basket for a suit or no, a shirt that. or tablecloth. Like put out, like she said, put out quality stuff. Right. Stop putting up fronts. For cleaning money, and then on hint, the, on hint. the on the the uh, customer side, it's just like pay. You know, you're gonna pay. Don't. It's like people. I, I saw this uh, this post recently, and it said everybody loves your work until they got to pay for it. Yeah. So it's like you know, like with with you know for the photography, photography I know with man. you know the makeup. It's Black just like people got that bad. I'll be like, and I, I don't even think my prices are ridiculous. But when I present them to them, they be like, oh, uh, oh, I'm I'm gonna look around. What you gonna do? Do it on your iPhone? You gonna come back? That, because it, I'm, but, I'm probably the you gotta stay. You, because you, you my the thing is, people want like so. If you are starting out, maybe your maybe you know your quality is not as good as you know somebody who's doing a, a magazine cover. Yeah. But my prices aren't either. No, yeah. So you, see, you can't you can't want champagne with beer taste. Yeah. So it's like you are gonna have to pay champagne prices for champagne. Yeah, you just gotta. I think we just have to start. It just has. If you're gonna put something out, a business, whatever, it gotta be quality. So my solutions for for helping out. They may not be perfect, but it's just off the top, off yeah. the cuff. Promote quality things. Yeah. Put money into what you're, whatever you're trying to get people to buy, put time in it, put money in it. Because when people look at a website or something that you're selling, if it's janky, they're not going to want to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. And not to be funny, if you set your the price at a certain level, even if those people are too cheap, somebody who's looking for that quality, they will come. So know your worth. 
Yeah. Know your worth. Put out quality stuff. Be consistent. Don't steal from yourself. Be supportive of others. And for my number one thing is branch out beyond just the black community. When yeah. you put out a brand, it needs to be a brand that everybody can be, uh, that everybody can buy into or feel like they can look at mm-hmm. or they can listen to. Like, I know, you know, this is black radio, but we have other ethnicities that come on the show. We talk about different topics. Yes, we address a lot of things in the black community and the black relationships, but at the same time, we don't like shun away from talking about politics or, you know, uh, theological things or yeah. philosophical things. I know one of the first things that I heard when we started this radio show from a lot of people on Twitter and, and, and just in life every day yeah. when people, friends and family started listening, it was like, it's good to hear three black guys be educated, right. talk about things that are relevant, not just hip hop not just entertainment mm-hmm. that have uh, voices that respect women and allow women. And I don't even say allow, but want women mm-hmm. to come on, have a voice, women of color to have a voice, to, to have that perspective. Like you and Artesia writing on the website, putting stuff out because not to be funny, if we don't work together, <coughs> yeah, woo, to build something, <coughs> getting on my soapbox and we don't work together to build something, you know what I'm saying? Then what do we have? I feel like, I feel like the black community is the most divided. We are. So, you know, it's like like what we were talking about earlier. You know, gay people support each other. White people support each other. Hispanics, Hispanics support each other. Hispanics, you know, let me nothing. tell you, Hispanics will get a car paid off in six months. They could buy a $30,000 car with 15 people in the house. They're right. going to divide that up. They're going to say this right. car is for uh, es- going to Esmeralda. Work. And she, we're going to have this paid off for her in a few months. And then we're going to go get another, another car. One, and we're going to get this done. And then we're going to pay off this house so where we own stuff. Black people have to, to me, have to learn to stop stunting. We can't work That's together. why I played that uh, Bad Decisions with Lupe and Rick Ross. Like, we out here making bad decisions. Rich niggas making poor decisions. You right. can't be out here buying something when you don't have the money to buy it. Credit is not cash. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's bar. I use credit, but you have to use it in a way to where I don't want my, I would never get a credit card over a certain amount. Yeah. I don't want to be a, enslaved to a payment with interest Every on month. that. And I feel like I've been saying I want to add like some kind of economical, like fundamental thing with money segment to this show to where Mm -hmm. people understand that. First of all, stop trying to show off for other people, because a lot of times when people are purchasing this stuff and buying this stuff, it's not even it's to show off just to look like you have something that you really don't have. Yeah. Like, I don't understand people who may have, like, you have a Range Rover, but you're living in an apartment. I'll, I'll never get it. Well, I'll take it back. I didn't at first. But, I mean, I guess not, not everybody wants that's the maintenance. What you, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, but a raggedy apartment. A, that's that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, a raggedy apartment. You know, when you go somewhere in an apartment, it's like $450 a month, but you got a Benz in that apartment company. Th- no, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's in just, my you just, Or like you said, or, or I see women who have these, you know, I have a couple of girls that work with me, and they have all these real Louis Vuitton. So they spending like you know fifteen hundred dollars yeah. on a purse. Girl, you work right here with me. So you know it's like Your check fifteen hundred dollars. What is you doing, <laughs> right. man? Your whole check, and I get you might have a husband or whatever, but it's just kind of like for you reason. to have a purse for fifteen hundred dollars, and then you got twenty dollars in it or your bank or whatever. You know, not yeah. literally. I, I, I just said I told somebody the other day. I bought a couple years ago. I bought some Lebrons, and I bought two pair in one year. And that two pair in one year was roughly about seven hundred dollars. I've literally not worn either of those pair of those shoes more than five times. Right then and there, when I looked in my closet, I said, "I'm not buying shoes that cost that much anymore." It doesn't make sense. I, and then I like shoes, but it's like I don't even wear them. That's I wish I had that seven hundred dollars right, right now. Exactly. I could be whatever. I could do something with yeah. that. But it's like you just have to start making sensible decisions and and and. 
like I said, I want to support the black community. I do support the black community, I do. but at the same time, I'm you not got gonna, you got. I'm not like you said. I'm not just going to support you because you're black. You're right. I mean, even in the white community, the black community, if you come to somebody saying I have a business plan in place, if you don't have something written up, some blueprint of how you can go from zero to profit, yeah, they ain't trying to hear you. Right. And you can't expect somebody to say, oh, "I want to give you a loan Mm-mm. to do this." You know, and it's and 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 the personalize it. It's just like you when I started the radio show. You're like, hey, I want to do this. Yeah, there's something I want to get into. Be willing to be equal with somebody. Meaning, you have a lot of black people that are in a in a in an area where they make a certain amount of money, but they don't want nobody else up there with them. Oh yeah, making that certain amount, so they keep their foot on their head or the crab and barrel mentality where yeah. they want to be the only Negro up there making that money. You know, you was like, I don't know how to really get started on this. I said, well, come with me. Let's do it together. And if you want to branch off, you branch off. If you, whatever, we support each other, we do this, and we'll make something out of it. And I think that's where it starts. Like, if we don't help each other, who else going to do it? Not every white person is is bad. No, they're not. But that white person has a boss. And maybe their boss don't want you to be there. So as black people, at the same time, as, as, as with the same token or with the same lips that I say, Help another black person out and help them come up and be successful. Don't allow their ass to pull you down if they ain't got the if they business ain't right. Yeah. Because you can't help everybody. But if you and see that's, somebody, like that's you, business and that's, bi- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You have to be. You cannot allow somebody to drag you down. That's not really looking to do more than just get a handout and or or be cosigner. Yeah. I don't need a cosigner. Don't need a cosigner. Let me go through some of my uh, bullet points. I didn't started <laughs> preaching again. So. Um, <laughs> With the with the Trinity Girl Project, you know, I was talking about the building homes and living spaces. They're only affordable for incomes of 60K or more a year. Um, I know um, somebody I know, they have a couple of homes that they own in that area. And thank God she's smart. Mm-hmm. But they've come to her and they're like, hey, we'll give you 20, 20K for both those houses. You fit to build quarter of a million dollar condominiums me- on this land. And I told her, I said, Mm-mm. at the least, they need to be giving you a hundred grand. Right. No. And at the and, and, and if nothing else, they need to be giving you at least what they're going to be selling them for. That's a drop in the bucket for what they about to make off that stuff. And they can do it. Yeah. So hold out on that. If you ever, if you're listening to this show and you own property in the Trinity Grove or Bishop Arts District and they trying to move around, sit your ass down. Yes. Go stay with somebody like uh, the Hispanics do and make sure you get That's your what's amazing. worth. amazing. You, know? you know, black people are not going to do that because uh, everybody got to be in charge. Yeah. Nobody wants to work together. And it's, you know, it's always, you know, you ain't going to tell me. You had a kid. It's always it's do or die, you're looking through the eye of a revolver. I revolve around the world of problem solver. On to your ego and the way you walk and talk to people. Still, I stay regal, read through the bullshit. Sometimes to make peace, you need a full clip. Roll dice with niggas who got bricks at a good price. Talk shit, give good advice. Rolling through the hood, right? It's the good life, like G.I. said, getting it. How could I not be fed? Get bread, get dough, get fed, get mold. In the old school Lincoln, thinking I sit low. Let problems burn, slow away. I yearn for the day that it won't go great. Remember the reality is it's a production of Fishbowl Radio Network. My team includes Artesia Swindle, Christian Evans, Gary Green, Brian Fuller, and Gabrielle Johnson. I'm on Twitter at Sir Robert Poe, and you can find us on all social media outlets at The Reality Is. T-H-A, The Reality Is. And if you like The Reality Is, subscribe to us on iTunes today and leave a rating or review. You can also email us at info at therealityis.com.
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.